Hi, I'm Scott, and this is just me doing an intro. We recorded an episode down at the National Corvette Museum Motorsports Park a little over a week ago, and the intro got lost. So, wanted to introduce it. It's going to be me, Ed, another Scott, Abe. We even have Chandler, we've got Renee, Tom, and Becky as well. Um, yeah, it was a fun episode. Uh, a little out of the ordinary for us, but um, a lot of the topic and stuff that we discuss is, I think, right on point. So, without further ado, here is Slipwalking. Uh, HPD instructing, coaching with... Grid Life's two lead instructors, Scott Giles, who is the GLTC. Not he donated no. that, that role to me real quick. <laughs> donated or promoted, however you want to. There you go. There you Abandoned go. and re enlisted. I backfilled myself, is what I did. And Ed, who is the uh, point guy for Ducklings uh, coming in to and the through. Duckling the, Wrangler. Duckling Wrangler. So. So a little detail. We've got some. We got some really awesome peanut gallery. We do have a. Here. We had do quite some, we got the a studio audience here. We have Becky, we have Chandler. Yes. Chandler. His name's Matan. Chandler's right there. Oh, Chandler. Chandler. Hey, Chandler. Whoa. Right here. Oh, what a what a jerk. So real, real quick. Let's just. How long have you been doing this, um, and why are you still doing it? My background, uh, I started doing HPDE stuff <laughs> like 10 years ago, approximately. And then uh, about three years in, I started instructing. And a year later, um, I ended up being the chief instructor of a super amazing group called Auto Interests. And then around that time, I found Grid Life. And now I'm the lead instructor here, too. And the driving factor is definitely the the giving back to the community and the people that you get to interact with and the feelings that you get when someone comes out of a car after a session all excited and smiling and giving you a high five and saying like, oh, yeah, I did the thing that you told me to do and I didn't die and it was great and I did it right and I'm so excited. I can't wait to come back and do it again at the next racetrack. And you see them over and over, and you build a relationship with these people, and it's the most fulfilling thing that you could ever possibly do in in motorsports, in my opinion. It's pretty amazing. To, to me, like, you know, I, I don't do anything competitive right now, but the the fulfillment that I get from helping people achieve what what we would consider mostly basic tasks or getting them to a basic skill set is more rewarding than competing and winning something. Sure. So that's what drives me. Scott? Uh, I ruined my life in 1995. Okay. Good year. Uh, yeah. Um, Not for you. Uh, it, it, <laughs> it, I was eight years old. It, it wrote, it, it wrote a, a friend gifted me a Road Atlanta track day, and it all went downhill from there. Um, and I'm, I'm in it for the chicks and the cash. <laughs> well, you've got one of those. <laughs> He's got cash, too. I'm actually in it for all the things that Ed just said. Awesome. How about you? Uh, oh, boy. A Ferrero Rocher. We're, geez. <laughs> Thank you, Renee. Um, two. Well Why oh, am man, I here? That bourbon's good. I, 
I started with Gridlife as a driver. Um, ASM stuff here. Hold on. Sell pictures of my feet. <laughs> so uh, behind the scenes uh, mention there. So um, I my story is I got into cars when I read an article on. I don't know. It was like before the drive. It was some website before the drive existed. And it was like a 10,000 word article that Matt Farah wrote about one lap of America. And it was, it was long. And I, I read this, this article from end to end. And I was like, I have, I that's have an to, essay. I have to do that. And that was in Sounds 20, like a mandated book report. Kind of. Um, <laughs> College level. Like required summer reading. Yeah, that's right. Um, to ruin your life. That's right. And then it properly thesis did. is what you're looking for. <laughs> um, so I, I, I read this and I was like, no, I, ha- I have to do this thing. And I had never been on track before. And I spent the next like two years just working on getting track experience and getting enough car behind me to not only like enter one lap of America, but to like push hard and try and do really well. And from there, the the season that I ran one lap is also the season that I did. Sixteen. Sixteen, was the year that I I did a campaign in uh, Grid Life Time Attack, and while I was doing that, I was probably being the nerdy guy, pinging Adam all the time, like, hey, like this rule is inconsistent with this, or like, you know, if if these two scenarios meet, then there's like this this off uh, response, things like that. And Gridlife was young enough at the time that Adam was just like, I don't want to do this. Do you just want to do this? <laughs> right. And and I became the guy. I mean, hey, that's correct. You're, you're the real charge. Nerd. Yeah. That's yeah. a great idea. You should do that. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I don't so, want to deal with you, so I'm just going to put you in charge. Um, and so now, now Adam and I spend hundreds of hours a year talking about rules and competition and, and trying to make the series as good as we can. So the one of the questions and the topics we wanted to talk about tonight is kind of barrier of entry. And on track walking, that's something that we've talked about is what keeps people from getting on track. And the one thing I hear most often is my car's not, not ready. ready. Yep. I need to do this. I need to do Listen, that. I need to get coilovers. There's a student Ed, here this weekend Ed, tell with me a Ford Fusion. I am so excited. Completely stock. Stock wheels. Stock wheels. Oh. All season tires. He put decent brake pads on it. You tri- you trigger dead. He's he's got it's a manual transmission for fusion, I think. Pretty sure That's from our manual? conversation. Yeah. I didn't even know they made those to yep. be honest. I, I'm pretty sure I'm ninety nine percent sure that his is a manual. And he's like, Yeah, my car is not prepared to do this, but I'm gonna have a great time. And he is out there having I'm the into best that attitude time yeah. ever. So and what I, I have a list of people that are always telling me, like, oh, I'm going to wait for this, wait for that. I'm, my coilovers are on the way. You don't need any of that stuff. You, you need the will to go drive and a good instructor. Now, I'm not, like, trying to call anyone out for that uh, being their approach. Oh, I am. But, but do you think that it's, like, do you think that they're intimidated and, yeah. like, they're, they're, they need a reason to not, not come out? No, of course. I mean, I, and I talk about this in, in every instructor meeting, actually, like, in detail. Um, the, the, if you're new, you pull into a paddock and you see all these fancy cars with race cars, wings on both ends, like that RX eight that's around here somewhere. And all these people that like know each other and there's 
it feels like there's a thousand people in this paddock that are all buddies, mm-hmm. and you're just like the new guy trying to not make an idiot you, out of yourself. Do you know that the moment that I got into cars in Dayton uh, was a, a night that I decided that I was going to go to a drag race test and tune uh, in the town that I was living? I didn't know anybody. I just knew that test and tune was 20 bucks and I had just moved into town (laughs) and Ashley was working late. And I said, F it. I'm going to look like an idiot. I've never done a drag race ever. Maybe get three runs in. Who cares? And on that day, I met some people and then I met some of those people and then I started autocrossing and then I started doing track stuff. It was like a cascade of horrible life events. So basically, I went straight to the track stuff. But like it was it was for me, it was a fear of looking silly. Yeah, base baseline. I think at the root of it all, the thing that's keeping people off track is you. You are the person who keeps you off track. Like if you think that you have to have these coilovers to get on track, if you think you have to get that new turbo kit, you are the reason that you're not on track already. All you need. And we've talked about this in beginner group in in the podcast and everything else you need adequate breaks you legitimately you need adequate breaks but not, they, that, that's the not the same thing as big brake kit exactly. that's just Thank brake you. pads yeah, just pads, pads and you need an instructor ideally you really just get an instructor you come to grid life sign up as a beginner you get an instructor bam done and then you go out and you have some fun and you learn stuff mm-hmm and that's it. Which is, that's which literally is hilarious it. to me because how many how many times have you? Well, you probably haven't because you don't get the emails. But you get an email from a beginner and they're like, "I don't really need an instructor. Um, I'm good." Like my friend from Colorado texted me and told me what to do, and I'm okay. Like that's that's not how it works. Like you're right. I haven't take, gotten those emails. Take, take the take the free advice that you're going to get from the, well, when, the person who's been vetted to give it to you, and learn something. You know, there's a wealth of knowledge in, in this instructor pool, and you should take it. When we promote you to Ed's job, you'll get those emails. Um, excuse me? <laughs> so, um, hi, would you like a new job? You so can he, read my emails. I, I got even a, <laughs> Let I, me know dude, what's important. That sounds terrible. <laughs> I've, I've got even a new job this weekend. He's doing a fabulous job. I know. Um, Scott was originally one of my favorite instructors, was was right, taken I, from we, me. We don't, okay. By other Scott. This is awkward for me. <laughs> <laughs> You're good at things. Relax. I like. Settle. Settle. Was taken from me by other Scott to do GLDC novice rookie instructor. Do you things. know why I did that, Ed? Because I can't. Oh, here's here's wow. here's dad throwing his weight around. Wow. Uh, the only reason that you could is because I gave you permission to take him. Just yeah. don't forget that. Uh, what else? So I've got a I've got a tape measure if we just want to get this over. <laughs> some, some big dick energy right here. Yeah, big dick energy big time. Here's a, here's a barrier. Of, you guys are all absolutely correct with everything you've talked about. But another barrier is the Internet. Where all of this stuff comes from, yeah. I need coilovers. I yep. need more horsepower. I need a big. It's the internet. It's everything that you read on all of the forums and everything that you have to have before you can go to the track, and it's absolutely not true. Well, I'll add to that. I think we live in an era on the internet where it is completely normal to see one thousand horsepower track car builds all the time, and your pe- favorite YouTuber. People think that that's normal and that that's somehow manageable on track and it's like no the guys that are driving rolling disaster yeah guys that drive or gals that drive more than like 
400, 400 yeah. it, they're wheeling it and it's dangerous, yeah. like properly dangerous. Especially at this track that we're at right now, NCM. And so like running a stock S2000 is your best bet. Great. Do that. Yeah, definitely do that. Because I, I have an 8th Gen Civic Si and it has plenty of power Perfect. for me to continue to develop as a driver. When you get started early with a stock-ish car, you get the advantage of being able to develop your skill set and the car at the same time. And that's a really rewarding experience because little by little, as you change things about the car, you learn what the benefit was. So, like, these people that are always like, the car has to be completely done. They don't get the tangible... They don't get to reap the reward of being able to see what difference. I have a really strong opinion on this because especially if you're going to do this for a really long time, cars never done. It's just currently not broken, Mm -hmm. right? Like you drive it, you race it. (laughs) That's factual. Funny you said that. It (laughs) breaks. I drove my E36 for the first time in three years at a racetrack today because yesterday it became currently not broken. (laughs) (laughs) Like that's not a slight on this hobby. It's just a thing that happens. So like cars are always working. You're never going to like you know, put the final finishing touch on something and never touch it again. That's not a thing. And this, no. and this is going to be my track walking angle at this slipped angle at, at this is triangles. there you go is essentially Wild like track. it's the grass is always greener. There's always going to be something else. And what the goal needs to be is the process. Like if your the goal, development aspect. yeah, if your goal is to get to a certain place, once you get there, you're going to want to get somewhere else. But if you enjoy the, if you enjoy the process, like you said, of developing the car, of developing your skills, then you will truly enjoy this sport. So, uh, I guess I agree. I can say my experience was slightly different in that I had a very particular goal when I wanted to do one lap and I wanted to do track battle. And uh, what was remarkable is on the day that I got back from one lap, you know, we're we're at Tire Rack uh, in South Bend. You're exhausted. My, very. And uh, my parents' house is like 30 minutes away. It's not far. Oh, nice. And uh, when I got back, it was probably like 3 p.m. after the banquet. And I went home and I slept until the very next day. Yep. In that, I, I like I had two years worth of personal drive and goal that was just like now accomplished and that was like rest now serious question did you get sick within a couple weeks of that uh i can't recall possibly because i do hear a lot of people after they really work towards a goal for so long they rest and all of a sudden you get sick Mm -hmm. like you'll get the cold you'll get the flu your body after having that stress for so long can finally let down and your immune system just goes to hell Hmm. I don't know. We should um, get Lisa in here. She's a doctor. Yeah. She can tell us. Somebody call Dr. Lisa. All right. A- Abe's a doctor, too, technically. All right, so but not the good kind. <laughs> yeah, not the kind that can help Whatever. You. I read your resume, and I couldn't pronounce half the words of the awards that you won. Uh, so. Sounds you know, like a you problem. You know what confuses people? The amount of no, P- the it's amount an, of it's PhDs an, It's not an Ed problem. Around. It's an Abe advantage. <laughs> <laughs> the, amount, the amount of PhDs cruising around a grid life event really right? confuses people a lot. <laughs> Like some of the smartest people I've ever met in my life are in this paddock right yeah. now. Yeah, you're making my masters look real sh- shanty well, right th- now. Hold on. Uh, I'm a for, producer. For just a second. Fancy there are four, eight, nine people in this RV, and how many people of them have jobs? Everybody but the one with the PS. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry to laugh at your misfortune. 
All right, so we've talked about barriers to entry. Um, so coming into, an, uh, let's use just grid life as a specific because that's water that we're swimming in. You come into a grid life beginner event, your first, let's say you've maybe had some autocross, maybe not, but this is your first track event, grid life beginner expectations coming into a weekend and level of preparedness so what are, what exactly are you looking for in, in terms of like preparedness for the beginner yes okay so i get a list can we take a step back actually if you don't mind go uh you're a guy or gal who's interested in doing grid you're life a person you are a person yeah or a robot that can drive um yeah and you are here. thinking about signing Not very well, up. Yeah, what is though. Like, did we did we already say that the only reason you shouldn't sign up is just because you're not you're you're intimidated? If you're intimidated, how do you get how do you get over that? You know, without a without a point of contact, there's there's really you know the the person that's scared to sign up that has no mutual friends. I don't really have a way to aside from them willing themselves into registering. I, I don't really have a way to tell them to get over it, but. If they're listening, get over it because it's the most inviting and welcoming paddock that you're ever going to find in all of motorsports. Fact. You know, like motorsports has a has a history of being um, a, like a, a good old boys club, and some of it is not inclusive and elitist, and this is not that in any way, shape, or form. And there's an ample assortment of solid groups to go do motorsports things with that are not that so if, if that's the if that's the vibe that you get then you're doing it you're looking at the wrong groups i guess and renee's going to say something because scott has literally pushed a microphone right into her mouth so i'm please. also saying there are four male voices on this podcast uh-huh and what i'm saying is there happen to be three females in the room listening to this and we're all saying we love doing this we love being at the track we love driving we love the competition there is no better place to feel comfortable than at this track in a car with this group of guys people this group of people pass the mic to becky yeah becky we got to hear from you But what if I'm slow and I hold people up? Nobody cares. There's passing rules for reasons. So Just like golf. But we've talked so about listen, this. What, I, what, so what I is explain this to people like I've golf. heard that from a lot of particularly women drivers. Nope. That, that's that, I mean, that may feel like a valid uh, reason to, to take a step back or to not do something. But the, the reality is that, I mean, I watched a, uh, an SRT8 Challenger thing happily give a point by to another driver in a miata so like no no, no that was that was today um well yeah, but i i think there's something like, to add to that which is if if that is your concern there is no environment for you to become quicker except on the racetrack right like you're not going to fix it by yourself more comfortable so i'm saying that because that's what i thought before uh, before I got into this community, and what changed my mind was sitting in on a beginner class that Scott was a beginner, I wasn't driving, but uh, hearing the instructors talk about working up to pace and um, the the process that you go through and how you learn to drive on a racetrack, 
is what made me feel like I could do this too. Yeah, and you're doing it now. You got you got your little Mazda two, ready to go. And at come Gingerman, I have a really good friend um, who his wife also has a Mazda two, and you guys can go bop around and have the best time ever. And I mean, spec Mazda two. Spec Mazda. Well, they fall into spec fit actually. And that Sunday Cup. Sorry. And something that Becky and I have talked an awful lot about, which has surprisingly resonated with, I think, a ton of people, is the idea of taking up space. It's like, if you are on track, you deserve to be there. You have the right to be there. Like, if, you, if you're if you afraid that, oh, I'm going to hold other people up, it's like, you paid your money, you signed up, you prepped your car, you came here, you put so much time and effort into this. Like, yeah, you just... You have right to be you, there, just like the other it, person. It, and there's, I, I can't and there's add designated to that a passing bit. zones and rules, and you have a responsibility as a as somebody who's sharing the track to point the people that are faster than you by in the designated zones. But in the parts of the track that are not designated passing zones for beginners, don't worry about it. Acknowledge that they're there. Do your thing at your pace. Don't overdrive the car. Like earlier today, I, I went out and went beginner hunting, which is one of the most fun things that I get to do as the lead instructor. So I go out and I get all up in the mirrors of the beginners and I see what they do. Sometimes they get a little nervous. They get a little shaken in this particular case. This individual was way over driving the car to try and keep me behind him. Um, and almost lost it. Rachel was in the car with me and she, I could feel her stress level rise as that car went sideways through the sinkhole Yep. Yep. I watched you. I watched you tense up and uh, they decided to leave me behind them. And I'm like, dude, point me by like, I'm the dude in charge. I'm going to teach you something. And his response was like, well, I figured if I left you back there, you could critique me on all the things I did wrong. I'm like, yeah, I can do that after one lap, but you left me there for three and I'm patiently waiting and not trying to get so close to you to make you make a mistake but you made plenty of mistakes because you were trying to thinking that you were leaving me there sure and building on what ed said i happened to go out oh yeah renee was out in the same session i happened to go out in the same session and i came up on two drivers who were obviously slower than i was but again not that i didn't expect them to be slower so that's not the point yeah, you're, point dri- is, is you're that, driving in the beginner session, right? Right, I was. So I was introducing my son to it. but So we went out there, and I came up on a beginner driver. The first beginner driver pointed me by pretty quickly. The first, the first straight that we came to where he was allowed to point me by, he pointed me by. He tucked in behind me, smart guy, started following me. So I, we come up on the that second guy who was also there and he did not want to point me by now it could have been that he didn't realize i was back there there's a lot of reasons and so i certainly waited for him to acknowledge me i wasn't going to go by him without him knowing i was back there we followed him for a little while but the thought is is the guy behind me was learning the guy in the guy in front was was doing an ego thing was doing an ego thing right Oh, Tom's here. And so eventually he just pulled off track where the guy behind me got to learn a lot more. Timo O'Gorman in the house. He did a lot more learning than the guy who just said, I give up. I'm going to pull off track. I'm not going to try. Right? Yep. Same thing. 
Tom doesn't like bourbon. So also, I, r- real quick aside, I would like to personally thank Jared Garcia for delivering at least two cases of bourbon to me. Do you know that I think Jared Garcia is the official whiskey partner of Slidangle Podcast? He is at least my official whiskey partner. (laughs) We're on a slip triangle track walking podcast. So, but, and and I don't want to make it like black or white, this or that, but it seems like there, in terms of attitudes on track, that there are several different kinds and, but I think they can certainly run the spectrum between those that are here to learn and those who are here to flex when flex go beat other people, whatever that is. And I think those two attitudes show themselves honestly pretty quickly. Um, not only in terms of improvement, because I think the people who are here to learn improve much quicker and the people who are here to go fast to win to do whatever like there's no they, winning in HPD there's they, only losing they they end up having less fun on track yeah they get they well get i can say um when i when i went to barber in january i had the 8th gen civic it's a stock power car it's nothing special and uh the mugen i on. i registered for the advanced group because i thought that was appropriate but uh, it was with a club at Barber that is kind of a bigger money group, and running a GT3 is pretty typical in the advanced group. And my my group of friends were like, "Man, you're gonna get you're gonna get freight trained everywhere. This this group is gonna run you over." And I said, "Well, eh, that's fine. I'll just keep an eye on my mirrors and like manage the situation." And I would say that it was beneficial for me to like just have the additional practice of checking the mirrors regularly in a very slow car. Yes. And so there's something to be said about like there's always going to be a faster run group and a faster car around you. And so there's going to be a time where you need to pay attention. Yes. I've this is something that Ross Bentley talks about um a lot but is also a game theory idea is that there are two different ways of approaching any problem. There's a an idea that there's only so much for everyone. And you have to keep and hold as much to yourself as possible. And then there's the idea that there's so much to go around that you can spread the love, spread the knowledge. Um, You can take it easier, have a more open hand with it. And it's really that way with learning anything. If you come to a track for the first time, there's so much to learn, not only for you, but for everybody else. You don't have to hoard not only what you know, but you can be searching for ways to improve yourself that will float all boats higher around you. Sure. And that is something I think that is almost instinctual in so many people because in in the way that you do your budget, if you if you do a budget, there's a way you schedule your t- there's the way it, that you it's suggested that you do a budget. Yeah. It's it's the way that you schedule your time. Like if you think that you have nothing you can't spare anything because you have to hold on to it all, most likely you are also going to be the one to just want to hold with such a tight fist that you're not going to have as much fun one, but you're also not going to learn as much. You're not going to be as good of a driver ultimately. Yeah, I think um, just touching on the budget for for one second. Sure. Uh, we've been we've been in this for budget. a little while. It's my impression that the people that can do 
this with some amount of restraint um, can successfully keep yes. it going for longer. Because I, I think if you yeah. if you burn really hot, really fast, it's it's easy to, to just burn out. And and one of the one of the weirdest things I've seen too, and even with uh, inter HPD intermediates, the notion that you have to have a tow rig. I want to beat Yo, out of people listen, the best thing so you can do for hard. A lot of times is tow your car to the track. <laughs> and if you disagree, you're wrong. <laughs> I just, I mean, I've seen busted Subarus on the back of trailers. That's wise. I that okay. That's that might be interesting. If you drive a Subaru and you don't tow to the track or an Evo, you're doing it wrong. I'm just saying, but that shouldn't be a barrier to entry. No, if you, you want to, to drive your car to trip, the... A triple-A account's only like $100 a year. But Ed, not as a beginner. No, oh, yeah, you definitely true. don't need that as a beginner. If you're thinking you need to tow your car to the track as a beginner or a novice, wrong. You're starting off in the wrong position. I drove, I drove my E36 track car to the track for like three years. If yeah, people people drive their track car to the track, they're if idiots. If you don't want to they're tow so your dumb. car to the track, <laughs> buy a Honda. Explain what a disposable Dodge is. So, Neon, that was run by all three versions of of Mopar at the time, was a disposable Dodge. Dodge. What else made a Neon? Chrysler and Plymouth. Chrysler made a Neon? So, I actually drove the Plymouth Neon, but Dodge Neon, Chrysler Neon, there were all three Neons. All three branches three of Mopar. What? Did you have all three? No, I had one. I had, I had the Plymouth Neon. Keep up. <laughs> I'm going to stop here. So I, I had a Plymouth Neon, and they stopped making them shortly after I bought them. Plymouth, Thank God. Plymouth went out of business. But seriously, the Neon was the cheapest car to race. It's a fantastic car. I had a Plymouth Neon. It was fantastic. And, and, and... Wait, hold on. It's and not. Mopar was it's not a fantastic money. car. It's a pretty good car on track, though. Okay. It was. That's it was a fantastic car. Let me go back. And so, really, at the time, Dodge was giving you money to race the car in all three versions, whether it was in, <laughs> whether it was in autocross or on track. Regardless, you got money if you did anything in this car. Really? It was a fantastic way. I didn't, in the first two years I drove that car, I didn't pay for my trips in that car. The car, the dealership, the manufacturer paid for me to do that. It was fantastic. That sounds it's awesome. A great way to do it. But it was disposable in that. We all think about Dodge as being pretty cheap, cheaply made. Yep. And, and it, and it was. I rode it in high school and I was uncomfortable just being in it. I'm just saying. <laughs> It's a great, great car. I drove it on track a number of times, and I will say that there were many, many times on track locally in the South where Scott and I were doing HPDEs, where the slow front drive car would come up behind a much faster car. And I could not get by because somebody would not let me by. I would catch them in the S's, wherever that was, and they wouldn't let me by on the straights, and I'd catch them again in the S's, and they wouldn't let me by on the straights. 
And that's a frustrating part to me. I took the car to tracks, and I would pull a little little cart behind the car. A little toe dolly. Yeah. little toe dolly. What's that all about, Scott? I, I don't know about a tow dolly. Literally nothing because I drive my car to the track. <laughs> What's up? Exactly. I drove the car to the and track. And it's really hard. With a little tow dolly, I might bring some some tires and wheels that I want in a, in a, in a, in a jack, a few jack stands, a little a bit of tools. Of, a box of Ferrero Rocher chocolates? No. What? Never They're brought gone. those to the track. I don't know where those came from, but <laughs> you guys ate all my chips ahoy yesterday, so I'm really glad that those showed up today. Okay, let's get back to the track where yep. we were. Can, can we take a brief, because Scott and Ed and every, we, we all got to introduce ourselves. Could you, Renee, introduce yourself? Renee needs no introduction. What's wrong with you? To, to this? For anyone who wants to email Renee with follow-up questions, it's reneeisrad at grid.life. <laughs> Wow. Renee so, is the best. I have a Renee's Rad sticker on more than one car that I own. Yeah, it's right on. It's on my car on the back. So, the only Renee. Thing I have to say is I, I've been doing this for a while. I started when I was 18 years old on round track, dirt track, because my brother decided that girls couldn't race. And it was a, it was a weekend where they were doing what they call the powder puff racing. So my brother said, go ahead, sister, get in the car, and let me show you what you can't do. Well, I put down a faster track time than he did. Within a year, he was building a car for me because I could beat all of his track times in the local southeastern dirt track races. So I'm just saying girls can race. We know how to race. We actually have better reaction times than most men. What's up? (laughs) So... While you don't think you can drive, and this is what we have been told all of our lives, what I'm telling you is women have better reaction times. We have better times on track than most men do. What I'm saying is we have been told that we can't do it. We can some get of, out there and do it. Some of my some of my best some of my best instructing experience memories are with the female drivers. Yeah. Who are the best students, Ed? Women. As, yeah. as, as somebody who yeah. Ed gives mo- a lot of the you women drivers to. You do to, get all the female students. Well, he yeah. told me specifically. You know I'll tell you exactly why. Because he brings his girlfriend to the track. He's not a creep, which most aren't. But because he brings Becky, there's that level of like, oh, look, there's another woman that loves him and cares for him and comes to this stuff. That's a level of comfort, which is just minimizing the the barriers to enter the the uncomfortable possibilities. Scott does have gray hair. We've all looked I know, at him. He's a silver fox. What I will say is he has two daughters who love to drive. We raise them through this sport. I don't know and what this has to do with my gray hair. <laughs> no, I what I'm saying I'm looking is, at your gray is hair right Scott, now. It's doing it for me. Scott loves to find women who are at the track who are interested, and he wants to get them out there. So what I'm saying is while you're looking at this guy who has gray hair and you may think he's creepy, he's not. He's a dad who wants who wants to get you out there and get you interested. All right, back, back to my story about my favorite girl Why students. does gray hair make you creepy? What is up with this? Number one. I always thought, I 
saw gray number one and two. Actually, I, there's a there's a solid tie for for number one and two uh, female students that that I've gotten the the privilege of working with. Um, I can't rank one over the other, but the two of them are Rebecca, who's the TikTok manager for Grid Life now. Which I didn't know until I read the call sheet for for staff <laughs> this weekend. I was today years old. I was today years old. So a real quick Rebecca story. Her real name's Rebecca, but her IG is Rebecca. I have no idea what the format for this podcast was, but we're awesome. We're, yeah. We totally blew it, but we're having a great yes. time. So who cares? So I'll, I'll never forget. Bourbon, I'll <laughs> never forget. Uh, was it three or four years ago? We were at Gingerman, and we were doing. Uh, it was a festival weekend. Uh, during the normal festival weekend, pre-COVID. It's so hot. What do you mean it's so hot? Fucking grow some chest just, hair, bro. I'm not used to this. So finish your story. It's only... Don't roast me. Just it's finish It's only 113 story. proof. It's not even that bad. Okay. We put a dent in that bottle. Yeah. Wow. Yes. If by dent, you mean it's almost gone. Yes. All right. All right. Anyways. Rebecca. So the, uh, the S3 boys, so Wooly and um, all those guys... Were, I think, taking turns in the uh, Motivicity, or sorry, not Motivicity sponsored S3 magazine Civic Type R. Rebecca also has a Type R sponsored by Rebecca and some anime cartoons. Anime, yes. And some red tint. And, you know, if you don't, if you've been a grid life and you don't know who Rebecca is, you're doing it wrong because she's that, cool. She's super rad. And all we wanted all weekend was for her to pick up the, the, the skill set to run down and pass the S3 sponsored, or sorry, the Motivicity sponsored S3 Type R. And the last session on Sunday, she ran that car down, took it to town, and then gapped it after she passed it. And the entire, so I don't, I, I don't know what the listeners of, of your podcast know, but Grid Life is a, um out-of-car instructor model. So we've got uh, instructors stationed at different spots all on the radios talking to each other about everything. The radios went insane. She passed that car between turn, I think it was between turn three and four, and then ran a train and just gapped it. And... I don't think anything else that was happening that session mattered because everybody was so excited that the that Rebecca was able to run down the same basically the same car, which is probably more well prepared than hers because it was a sponsored car at the time, and left it in the dust. And I don't remember who was driving it, and it doesn't really matter. But the the point is that that was the goal for everybody involved and we were so excited and the other tie for number one best student ever is uh taylor kajuski mm. who's been scott's student like probably six times yep. in uh the ultima raceworks uh spec miata and that girl is freaking fearless yes she will take whatever whatever well yeah she was a student at one point too but she graduated to, to instructor them real fast. Dr. Lisa did. So I guess it's a three-way tie. And the, the point is that that all that all three of these of these drivers were women, and they learned faster than anybody else ever in the history of my experience working with drivers, which is pretty pretty well, deep. And and mindset, they didn't just 
And two of the three had Scott as an instructor, so maybe that has something to do with they it. Didn't, they didn't just enter beginner for one weekend and then move on because I'm better than this now, let's move on. They intentionally stayed for, what, an entire season yep, at least? Season. Just because they saw the value and understood... Your white hair is on the microphone. Jesus. Um, and they understood the value of learning from instructors. Yeah, once, once you're out of beginner... Like, you have to go hire instructors. You have to go to friends and hope they know what they're talking about. That's expensive, and that's hard. But you come, you stay in beginner. We're not going to kick you out, like, unless you're running some silly time attack car and you're really quick at it. Grid Life has only had a few guys who did that. Typically, guys will say, okay, immediately I did well in beginner. You moved me. Or, or I did well, I started passing everybody, and I got moved, or I got recommended to move to an intermediate, and I did. And then sometimes I got stuck in intermediate, and I couldn't improve, because I didn't have an instructor. Yeah. And some of the women we've, come along, we've, we've encountered have said, you know what? The advantage of having an instructor at every meeting, at every time I'm here, is advantageous, and I realize I can improve with that. A lot of the, a lot of the, uh, so th- that mindset has actually started sparking something that I've never really seen before. You take beginners that start like nailing the beginner sessions, and they go basically beginner to advanced. Yep. Because they've honed those skills, and they've come back and learned and learned and learned and learned, and there was no ego, and they took all the instruction that was available to him, which in this organization is very, very, very good because I am quick to fire an instructor for not doing their job. Right. Um, you threaten that a lot. I do. And I, and I mean it. I, I and, and if you, blo- if totally you blow you. it, you are gone because you guys thought I was mean. You thought yeah. I was mean and then came at. Yeah. Exactly. Well, I, I think this is a good segue to get into the competencies and, requirements from to go from beginner to intermediate to advanced to then competitive level driving so what so even if people don't want to stay in beginner which is fine or if you do which is fine what are the skills and competencies you guys are looking for that differentiates an intermediate from a beginner and then advanced from an intermediate and then competition from advanced number one because I, I want to talk about this number one is awareness so like you you don't have to be the fastest driver on the planet to competently drive in the advanced group or um whatever or the next group or intermediate or whatever but if your awareness is not on par you don't you you should not leave the beginner group so if you're not aware of what's going on around you like 90 percent of driving on track at high speed is so situational. And if you don't hone the skills of being able to read what the car in front of you is doing, or like they're about to spin or giving yourself a little extra space or giving yourself an out or any of those things. Like if you haven't figured that part out yet, you should probably keep honing the the beginner skills and, and keep getting taught. And awareness of flag stations. Right, yeah, all, all those basic things. So, like, one, one of the biggest things that I preach in, in the... Would you like to speak, Dad? No, he's making faces. Sorry. That's not nice. I've got... I'm, 
throwing me under the bus. That's not true. No. One, one of the biggest things that we, that we talk about in, in all the beginner stuff is like, you know, during a straight or in a corner, you need to look ahead far enough to see what the hell is coming up around the corner. But in the same, at the same token, you need to be checking in with the flag station in the process of looking ahead. So you have to kind of program yourself to look far enough ahead to, to be able to set up what you're doing while checking in with the people that are giving you commands or or information at the flat, at the corner stations. And that's a really tricky concept to master because when you're going as fast as somebody's going on a racetrack, your immediate response is to look like directly ahead of you and you got to you have to break that habit and look far enough ahead to really know what's coming because at those rates of speed seeing what's coming up in front of you from a distance makes a really big difference and versus versus like focusing on directly in front of you and and everything's happening so if you're focusing right in front of you everything's happening so fast and passing you that you aren't able to react to it most important awareness is self yeah you have to understand where you are and what level you're at and that helps you progress that helps you understand what questions to ask the worst situation and if you ever deal with um, helping out drivers and at whatever levels of any de or or going for competition licenses is the person that's convinced that they're way better than they are they have shut themselves off to taking feedback and they're mm -hmm. not going to get better um, and that that that's a huge barrier and those are typically the drivers who also don't communicate well on the track to other drivers well it's always your fault yeah sure and, and to be fair, these uh, situational awareness, the just general awareness flags of yourself, your car, that is always, so a lot of things happening. Um, there's always, that's something we work on forever and ever and ever. And when we talk about having better vision on track, that is a forever goal that you're working on having better awareness on track is a forever goal so it's like what we're asking from beginners to intermediate is the same thing we're asking of mid-pack gltc to pointy in gltc but it's just on a different part of the scale uh, one thing i always tell my my beginners in well in hpd is essentially like play well with others if you can play well with others you you have to have respect for the people that are around you whether they're yeah. as fast as you or slower than you whatever you have to have respect for your fellow driver yes. in your group period and of sentence i think i've heard adam say or maybe it was scott in one of the gltc meetings you know on track be the kind of driver that you want to race with yeah and i i thought that was really good advice it's the good old-fashioned golden well, rule. And I, and Treat I go, the people I around go, you the way you want to be treated. I go over that in in, in detail in, during the beginner meeting. I'm like, these look around you. These are your people for this weekend. This is your group. These are the people you're going to be driving with all weekend because we don't do mid-weekend mid, mid uh, promotions with Grid Life, which I think is great. If you sign up as a beginner, you're going to stay as a beginner or as a beginner. Yeah. Tongue twister. It's almost that 
bottle is almost empty. Yep. Here my right. my my phrase is that even to beginners is we're doing a team sport out here. Yeah. So so like if you're frustrated behind a person that won't point you by, that's your problem. It's a your problem, and b if if you're stuck there for two laps, come in and ask for space. Yeah. Wait. I can't remember who I was talking and the, to. And, so the, I, and like you, the instructors that are watching noticed that that was happening, and they're going to talk to the driver that didn't point you by during the debrief session after the session, and they're going to correct it. But like at, at the moment, there's nothing you can do about it because the rules are the rules, and you just either hang out and wait or pit in and ask for some space, give, give them a little slinky single that everybody understands. And then go right back out there and do your thing. The old marshmallow clap. <laughs> Basically. Um, I I can't remember who said this, because I, I was at Aaron Lichty's house earlier this week, and it might have been, been him. Aaron Lichty's house. Did it's you take house. a private jet from there? I did Why not. Wait, 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 which room did you stay? Did you stay there? I did not stay there. Oh. We, uh, we just hung out, and then we had dinner. I do like Aaron Lichty's house. It's very nice. It I is. I stayed there. I got the room. Around. Did you get the room with the bourbon? I mean, that, I, had the, the I, had the, I had the bourbon before what, I got to the what room. What the actual hell is going on in here? You are like these house. So we're, I think we're it was have to him that was trips. saying that uh, with respect to, to racing and with respect to how GLTC is conducted on track, I think he was the one saying that it's basically the ultimate like chivalry of sorts in that, um, you know, when you are racing, practically, you're holding the door open for somebody, right? Like we're we're not slamming the door on people we're not diving down we're not we're we are here to race and so uh when you're on track you are uh, incredibly respectful of the other people that you're around because your intent is to race and not necessarily purely to win so what and i think that's also the difference i i always say i i come from a music background so jazz music is gltc to me you would be a jazz music person fact um, versus just like a bunch of people trying to play their own song on stage together. That doesn't work. Now, da, 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 da. now they they may Head moving on the bass. I don't. Da, 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 da. <laughs> I do play the bass actually. You would. You you would. You totally. Would. I do slap it to bass. Slap it to bass. The bass. Uh, slap the bass. Oh, um, Scott Robertson. But it's like you 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 could you could have. <laughs> You could have 10 people up doing their own song, and one of them might be the best one, but because you have 10 different people up there playing their own thing, it's going to sound terrible. But if you get 10 people on stage at once playing something together, that music together is going to produce a better show. It's going to produce a better race. And when we are racing, we're racing with, not against, we're racing with, other people and that is a huge leap from here to there and that is something that people who come in from other series into GLTC that can be a huge culture shock when they get here because we are not here to wreck people out so that you can walk away with your freaking $20 trophy we're here to have fun. Funny, and, that's generous. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, man, I made those trophies last I, year. They were made with those. Were, yeah, those <laughs> were trying to drive, drive you, down you, costs. You, you have to factor in the labor hours of a man with a PhD without a job. I, okay, so so to I go. I mean, I'm saying, in order to factor in labor hours, they have to actually pay them. So Ooh. like, like, you know, guy without a job. Okay, um, so so beginner to advance, a lot of it's just basic 
track knowledge, I think. Just know what the flags are, be able to obey commands, play with others nicely. Intermediate and awareness. Intermediate to advanced. What are we looking for there? I think I think we can all agree pace is Nothing. never a pace, reason pace is, to move pace up. Pace is not the answer to move up. So I, I there's there's a lot of people that can buy a car and and have pace. Eat what? Eat the mic. Is this your first uh, podcast? You know James Houghton can put the whole mic in his mouth? Hold on. That was, infor- <laughs> that was information that I didn't need and didn't want. So Ed, it, was, it was actually that mic. Ed, it was probably that mic. Ed can almost do it. I'm not sure if this is the worst podcast ever. The also, best podcast ever. I miss I James. Positive. Nobody has jumped we into just a lake pivoted or again. pond. Totally pivoted again. And then immediately given me Since a COVID. slimy hug. I was the first person he ran into after he got out of the pond. I'm sorry for your loss. I watched him get into the pond twice. James, if you're listening, we love and we miss you. James is listening. I know. So, intermediate to advance. We, we intermediate got to advance. <laughs> See, you're trying right, to do right, a format. Right, I'm we're trying. Way, we're I'm trying. lost. We're, okay. We're well, lost. So, so generally, we're at the line generally speaking, the, the biggest change in intermediate skill set to advance is that in most organizations, grid life included, advance has open passing. With a point, so you have, still have to give the the car being passed still has to give permission, but the car in front of you may give you permission to make a pass in a blind sweeper corner, and it's your responsibility as the passing car to execute that pass safely in a safe, clean, and consistent manner without hitting the car that you're passing or anything else. So that that's the that's the biggest difference generally between intermediate advance at most run groups. So are we gonna take a selfie? Come here. Hold, hold me. Uh, Get in there. <laughs> if that's not the thumbnail for this podcast, I'm gonna be so disappointed. I'm saving it right now. I learned about not or about, I learned about being disappointed in people from Scott Giles. <laughs> 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 that's, that's this actually, is a let's roast Scott episode. Real quick aside. No, wait, we're going to pivot again. I'm going to totally pivot. pivot again. And then I'll go back to talking about how I miss the Canadians. Um, we, were, we were at Atlanta, and uh, it was. It what was, the hell is going it on? Was pre, it was pre COVID. So we were, we were still that's doing. Like a year and a half ago. It, no, it was like three years ago. Th- four years ago. 19. No, it was three years ago. Anyways, <laughs> Matan was. was a wee it, baby. Mat- Matan was in grade school. Tom and I weren't there. Tom was maybe old enough to drink barely. Tom Hi, Tom. So glad you're here. Still racing cars though. I don't. I don't think Becky existed yet. <laughs> Rachel definitely. How old do you think Becky is? No, no, no. I mean, with you. Okay, let's not go. Two and a half. Rachel, Rachel, Rachel uh, didn't exist. I, I want to make something clear. These women existed before you started dating them. <laughs> oh. That is so rude. Oh. They certainly did. Of course they did. I just meant in the fucking terms of this of this podcast. God, Abe, thanks for making me sound like a sexist pig. You're the worst friend ever. I'm never gonna almost this throw up being your recorded kitchen table for ever again. It's, it's, no, it's the Marvel universe. Everyone just reappeared, just like yeah. a year and a half ago. Kazam! It's, it's the blink. It's Kazam the blink. Kazam! They're here. 
That, that's that's still spicy. Continue your story. What the hell is going so, on in so here? So it's, it's, it's Sunday morning. Eric Cattell, one of my best friends, has used every gallon of the goddamn water in the camper that I rented. So I didn't get a chance to take a shower. Number one. Number two, Andrew Meek. Mad respect to Andrew Meek. Who's a very responsible individual was my instructor buddy at that event, and I knew that if I slept through the session and he already had the radio, it'd be okay because he had good coverage. And Eric's—I don't remember who Eric's instructor buddy was—but we were in the same camper, and me and Eric decided that we just weren't going to go because we had had too much fun the night before, and that just wasn't in our in our dance card for that morning to to get up and. <laughs> like go to fucking turn 11 and stand there because i texted andrew and he's like yep i'm here i'm good i'm like perfect that means i can go back to sleep i was so wrong <laughs> because as soon as that session ended i thought i was in the clear we were good no one noticed that me and eric were missing scott giles the guy that's sitting in front of me right now kicks the door of the camper in I believe that's literal. to the point where he broke the hinge. He looks at me and he goes, where the fuck were you? I'm like, that, I have that to move for explicit two rating. hours. <laughs> Are we going to get an explicit rating? I mean, you just earned it. Ooh. Continue your story. I'm sorry. No, you're fine. But I'm not sorry at the same time. <laughs> I'm not sorry. Uh, so Scott kicks the door of the camper in and storms in and looks at me. Who is sleeping on the couch bed of the camper, and he says, Where "I expected the... more from you." Oh God, that's I'm not mad, but I'm definitely disappointed. Dude, that is devastating. <laughs> and to hear that, to hear those five or six words from Scott Giles, in my mind, was worse than getting expelled from high school or college. It's like. Mm. That's the worst thing that I could have possibly have done. Kind of sounds like he's not over it yet. And then, and then he looked uh, over at Eric and he goes, I kind of expected it from you. <laughs> <laughs> but you, he went back over to me. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. I'm like, oh, that's worse. Why? Because so why? That's ex- so much worse. He expects something of me, but not of Cattell. <laughs> Hey, Scott, this would be a good point to try to pivot to try. I said and, try. And literally. To pivot to what, what makes a good instructor? I was, One that doesn't sleep through the, the Sunday the, morning the session. The next year, I good. was the chief instructor of good life because of Scott. Whatever he, After whatever, that, whatever if you he, didn't live up to his expectations. Whatever he, he like, laid on me that day hit me hard enough that he looked at me and said, yep, you're going to take my job. And then fucking gave it to me. From, from that point on. <laughs> From that point oh, we're, on, we're in it. We're in it now. We're in it now. Yeah, it doesn't matter how many it. times you it's say over. it. It's um, yeah. From that point on, Ed was early to everything. Yeah. Well, okay. So, we've, so what makes a good instructor? So we've talked about beginner to advanced or intermediate. We've talked about so intermediate to advanced. Like Ed said, I think is the awareness and just ability to give point buys virtually anywhere on track. So um, I want to maybe challenge the position or play devil's advocate. Please. Uh, Ed said that it wasn't about pace, uh, but it might it might be about 
comfort uh where i would say the world's slowest spec miata uh driven well is different from the world's uh slowest spec miata driven at you know sunday cruiser pace sure we're like sunday cruiser pace might be unsafe in an advanced group as but if the car is being driven by uh, yeah, someone who's pa- pace comfortable is, pace is not as important as awareness yeah because yeah. i generally don't give i don't really care how fast you're going but I care if you're holding up faster people that are behind you during passing zones. So, sure. like, pace is a thing in terms of development of skills and advancement. But in in the beginner realm, I don't really care how fast you're going. I, I care that you know what's going on around you. Yeah. That may mean knowing what's going on in front of you or behind you. Certainly in terms of the fastest car in the beginner group is stuck behind you for three laps because you didn't notice that they were there for. I think also an important qualifier here. When we talk about the fastest car, we don't necessarily mean the Porsche. We might mean the person who drives the fastest. Yes. Yeah. yeah. We might mean the stock 1.6 liter Miata. Yeah. Yeah. The disposable judge. Renee, I'm sorry. I love you so much. Your Dodge was not ever fast. There's no (laughs) way. There's no way. There's no way it could have ever been faster. So then, you're you're a fast driver. So then but my like thought the car the the car could not have done that many he, he can't let it fast go. things. I, I just can't. I, I, so then so then I, my th- I, I, so then I my wrote thought it in high school it was no let it good. Go. It was Leave no it. good. It was Leave no it. good. On the highway, you hit the gas all the way and just didn't do anything. So H H I. You're not allowed to do that. I'm good. At least turn it down. Um, no, the but the difference then from jumping from HPD into either Time Attack or GLTC, other than permission, which I think is something that we could definitely use more of, like saying, "Hey, I've had this. Do you think?" I would be a good candidate to go into competition. Outside of that, I think is the comfort, the awareness, and the ability to go too wide in places that uh, advanced wouldn't go. I don't know. But but what 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 advanced group is is pretty. They're quick. They're quick, but. A lot of them are, are very willing to give point buys very effectively and very quickly. So, so what's the difference from HPD Advanced, which, despite the in, despite the internet, I would like to hear your disagreement. Despite the internet lingo, is not wheel to wheel. What what is the differentiator between HPD Advanced and either Time Attack or GLTC? Uh, I don't I don't think I don't, you can't group them together. But there's two very different philosophies for people that want to go do time attack and people that want to do wheel to wheel. Talk to me. Um, I mean, people that want to do time attack, they're, they're looking for the cleanest lap to to set up the the or mo- ego. Why 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 are you threatening me with ego? I've never I haven't done time attack in my life. You, I'm telling you that this is what it is. I, I hope that sound out makes out it onto the attack? podcast. Yes. Understand? Have listen, you watched it? Listen, lady. I respect and love you all day long, and I don't dis- and I don't disagree with you. I, 
I, Ego. I'm not a huge time attack fan. R- Renee, expand on and, that. And I and I think that a lot of time attack is the the ego behind getting the lowest number. And I think that generally the lowest number comes with the most ideal situations. And in the wheel to wheel world, Disposable you don't have dodge. We're gonna go back to that. Oh man. You're what about it? Me, you're making me pay for that, aren't you? Yes. What about it? <laughs> I think that it, in most instances... Ed, you've always driven fast, fast rear-drive cars, right? Oh, we're going to roast yep. Ed now. Okay. Oh, man. Here it comes. I need to get you into somebody a front-drive car. Somebody get me a helmet. <laughs> and this let me about explain to, to you how a front-drive car will go often through those back S's way faster than your rear-drive car will in a driver who doesn't know what he's doing. Okay, you are talented, Ed. I will Thanks, give you Mom. that. I love you. You are. You are talented. I don't think but, we can keep this podcast. But 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 I don't, let me I don't tell know that we're going to be able to publish this. <laughs> but let me tell you that if I am with a rear drive, did you turn it off? Driver yet? who is, is he's going? in a rear drive car. He thinks he thinks my car is fast, right? Because it's rear drive. But I don't have talent. And I get behind him with talent in a front drive car, and we go through the back S's of VIR, and I'm right on his tail. And as soon as we drop into the back straight, he pulls away, and then, and then we go down into hog pin, and I'm riding his ass again. We go to the front straight, and he pulls away, and then... If you're going to ride my ass, pull my it, hair. What I'm saying is that, is that this, is, this is very frustrating for the people who are very talented in front drive cars I agree with you who get behind somebody who thinks they know how to drive a rear well, drive a rear wheel drive car too. So issues. that's what I'm saying is that hey. is that <laughs> Are you going to argue about it? No. Renee, yeah, and, I, I'm and, not arguing and, with anything that you're got, saying. But I've got backup. And 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 to so be and to be frank like it's not just about front wheel no, and and, and that's not what you're talking no, about. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about People who have talent and those who don't, but those who don't understand, if I get put into a very fast car, so I have a lot of horsepower in a car with no talent, but I am I am against someone who is in a lower horsepower car with a lot of talent. That's where that's where that's where we we butt heads. And that's the bad part. I don't even know what we're talking about. The sad part. The sad part. The tough part of this sport. So I, I want to talk about the difference between GLTC and Time Attack from somebody who's done both competitively. Tom O'Gorman is sitting, and um, I really hope that sound. That, I really hope that Timo. sound that he made earlier made it. Um, but so as we're talking about advanced HPD into competitive Time Attack Grid Life or GLTC. What would you be looking for from somebody who is in advance HPD right now and wanting to jump into one of those two branches? What are the things, like specifically the core competencies, if we want to talk about in like teaching terms? Tom what is the best what are you looking for? I'm the person to ask this question to ever. <laughs> Why? By the way, hello. Don't, don't, the, don't derail it. The don't derail it. Then I'll break it down. I don't know. I'm terrible because I have gray hair. No, so well, that's what <laughs> yeah, it's clearly. And you're kind of a creep. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, uh, you, you're talking about the difference between like an advanced driver and an entry level time attack. Driver. Time attack or GLTC. Okay. 
Um, because those are branches into the yeah, for sure. grid life competitive world. I mean, to me, it, it branches off of the awareness thing that you talked about already, yep. which for me, a, an intermediate level driver awareness is everything. at a track day has no excuse for not understanding what's going on around them or not being aware of what's going on I around agree. them. I agree. If they've been promoted from intermediate, if anything, they should have the extreme... Don't throw that thing in my... Wait, wait, from they should have... Intermediate to either, either or. Both. If you if you graduate from beginner, you should already come out of the box with extreme awareness. Period. End of sentence. Yes. There's um, no excuse for running a conga line behind you, yes. right? After you've graduated from beginner. So yes. for me, uh, that that escalates into both GLTC wheel to wheel racing or time attack. In you know how to disappear on the track. You can make sure that you are invisible to somebody else for them to make speed. Because both GLTC and wheel-to-wheel competition and time attack in hot lap competition are about making speed in, in its rawest form. Like, you, you need to be able to go fast. And if you are expected to be in the, the bottom of time attack or the bottom of GLTC on up, you should be able to understand how to disappear on the racetrack and that takes a level of awareness to know where can i disappear knowing how to slow down on the straights to make sure that you're not hindering somebody in the corners knowing where your outs are to here at ncm you drive off the track into the paved areas off you know in the in the corners things like that where uh you can always have an out and you can always have a, a massive understanding of the speed differential coming up on you and how to slow down and how to manage the difference between two cars so that you are always allowing somebody else to, again, what, how did you put it? You're, you're racing with people, yep. race with people in a way that allows them to make their speed without hindering them. And then with that power comes the ability in, in wheel-to-wheel racing to make sure that they cannot make speed when you don't want them to. Right, yeah, and and I think that's probably, in your description, is the biggest difference in my mind from Time Attack to GLTC is not... In Time Attack, yeah, you want to disappear to help those who are faster than you get by, get your clean lap, or if you're on a cool-down lap, like, get them by. But, like, GLTC, part of the game is being the 40 foot wide car in front to keep somebody behind you in a race. Yeah. If you think about like, I I'm not a huge F1 fan, but I think about watching formula one and in qualifying, they know how to disappear. Like you see people passing each other all the, there are more passes in qualifying in formula one than there are in a race, but, but it's because they know how to make sure that they're completely invisible as far as speed on a lap goes. So they, they, are off to the side they're going 20 miles an hour 50 miles an hour whatever it is and they are not a hindrance to the people around them and that takes a massive amount of understanding in time and speed differential and in spatial awareness and in understanding closing speeds and all this stuff where you have to have like an advanced level hpde awareness to get to that point where the intermediate level awareness for an HPDE is I will always see that flag. I will always see these basics. Like the, the, the basics are rote, if that makes sense. Sure. And and in my mind, like that that F one scenario that you were talking about is also 
the self-awareness that like you are not the only person on track you are not the most important person on track because you are a one of a group of people who again are trying to work together to all get their best laps and you are hoping that your best is just better than everyone else's you're not trying to hinder anybody else so that you can be better but you're trying to get like yeah go do your best lap good luck and i still hope i beat you Mm -hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I think we we had like a an interesting experience this weekend where, in in again the the touring cup series with wheel to wheel racing, our practice session was a full course caution the entire first lap, uh, and then it went to green, as it would maybe for like a standard HPDE session, True. and then our qualifying went straight to green out of the pit lane, and to me the difference is when I'm in a competition setting i want to be able to position myself to set myself up for success for the first flying lap and in qualifying it worked the way that it should but in practice it didn't and i think like as a as a group of licensed approved wheel-to-wheel race car drivers we should be able to balance ourselves it's empty it's empty now (laughs) it's empty It is had done been killed. So all right, all right. So real quick backstory. Uh oh, here we go. We, we started this podcast. No, no, Renee no. Said I'm not, more. I'm not, no, no, I'm not opening that. Pew, 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 pew. That. We, we okay, so we started this in, podcast. I will literally walk with, away with, from with my own intention. podcast. <laughs> Can I finish my thought? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Finish so in, in the story. in the practice session, it was kind of a mess because they made us go out full course caution for an entire lap as approved, licensed wheel to wheel like checked off race car drivers we should be able to manage that better than having to be told you cannot pass on this warm-up lap yeah and it was kind of sloppy it was kind of a mess in the qualifying session they went straight to green we figured it out and it was great and a couple of drivers when to be fair i i pushed the issue in the driver's meeting i don't know if it was going to be this way or not but i raised my hand and i probably sounded like an idiot and i was like i want to go straight to green in qualifying because we should be able to work this out literally straight to green and a couple of other drivers were like well why do you want that and it's like we're all adults here we should be able to figure this out and we figured it out and it was great but when we were not given the option to figure it out it was sloppy so that's the level of awareness i think that when we talk about why uh or or how wheel to wheel or high level time attack works versus even high level hpde you got to be able to just like f- like feel it i guess it's it's like a it's like a, a a mutual agreement amongst the field if that makes sense as you progress, social contract yeah well yeah partially but as you progress the controls get reduced um, and when you reach that level, the expectation is that you can roll off the pit lane and go. No, yep. Nobody's babysitting you. Nobody's taking care of you, whatever we, the case may be. Yeah, that you, you trust, and it is an ab- 100% especially on wheel-to-wheel, but even in time attack, it is an absolute trust with the people that you are on track with that you not only know how to handle yourself, but you know how to work with each other. And that's why I keep coming back to the idea that this is a team sport. Even though that you're trying to win, you're trying to, and you're hoping that your best is better than everybody else's, but you are absolutely on track with other people as a team. What's your story, Ed? <laughs> Do you remember? <laughs> I, I didn't remember the story. I was, I was, I was left out. 
Renee was coming over here anyway. We've so far from, from where I was. Sorry, I jumped in as in some of us who are now directing and prescripting what's going on on is, track. Is this you, Renee? Are you talking about yourself? Me. The race director. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, in that, that you have to trust the drivers that have that have uh, gained that level. So, so they attained, have... Attained. Isn't that what I said? You said they gained, I Whatever. think. Keep going. You're good. <laughs> don't, don't listen to him. Give me that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> My mic got taken away. Beat that mic. So. I'm in stereo now. The, Go ahead, Renee. The drivers who have gotten to the level that they are now at, they've worked on it, and as race directors going to use that that word Flex. race directors that we believe and we trust that these drivers know what they're doing understand what they're doing can be trusted at what they're doing that we also let them do it yeah. we're not we're not going to keep them um to the level of a beginner driver mm -hmm. they're not beginners so we're not going to hold them to that anymore we're going to believe that they can, that, that, again, I can go green with them fresh out of the gate. I understand that they know what their tires are going to do. They understand their braking. They can control that, and they will control that on that first lap out. And I don't need to control that for them, right? So I can let them go. Sure. All right. So I real quick, because I think we do need to start wrapping up because we're 117 into this thing. I kind of want to go around the room real quick. 17 is my lucky number. Good for you. <laughs> um, and and I want to, what's, what's the best lesson you have learned in growing as a driver? What's, it could be an experience. It could be something somebody told you, whatever it is. What is the best 1, experience? 1,000% the answer to that question 1, for 1,017, really. 1,017. That's my lucky number. It's your favorite. You can't yeah. pass 100, so let's just not do that. Okay. We're <laughs> not going to answer this. Math. math. 80, 83% with at least 17% on the table. Um, definitely the, the drop the ego thing. If you can drop the ego and learn from people that are around you, you will. Where did you learn that? Um, so, so I had a very quick progression. Um, Good for you. I, it just it, it is what it is. You know, some some people get it. Some people are OSB, as Tom likes to say. Other sports begin. OSB, other sports begin. I was not OSB. I was I was quick out of the gate. I'm I'm not the best driver in the world. I will never pretend to be, but um, the the knocking out the the competencies of each group was was rewarding, and it just it's worked out that way. I mean, it's just how it is. Like some people get it quick, some people don't, but eh, you know, you, you figure it out. Sure. And I forgot what the beginning portion of this conversation You're was. You're doing great. 
and <laughs> it was that you're amazing. Yeah, and 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 there's a whole barrel strength bottle that's gone, and yep. here we are. Yep. So hey, 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 Scott Giles. Yeah. Hey, Scott Giles. What's the uh? Give me minutes. Don't be so embarrassed by me, please. Let's best. Oh my God, Paul, this is so bad. It's <laughs> so bad. It's so getting bad. derailed. I know it's so bad. What do you mean getting I derailed? This thing derailed so five bad. minutes in. I got derailed. It was bad. This- <laughs> He's petting me with his mic. Scott Jobs, what is, please, for the love of God, best lesson, best lesson you've ever learned from, from HPD and advancing. You, you so everybody around you uh, matters. Um, you could get taken out, as you said earlier. It is a team sport, um, and. But also, I mean, you need help, as you know, better than anybody. You need help just to make this work. Yeah. As this person sitting right over here, um, Becky. Yes. But uh, you can't go out there and get everything done all by yourself. Absolutely not. It's not even remotely possible. So. Um, Where would you learn that? Just real quick. Um, I, I, I'm a stubborn individualist, and in the very beginning, I learned that it didn't. It just doesn't work. Um, so, uh, you have to have the whole teamwork thing going. You have to give space. You have to take space, especially in racing, give space, take space for for every, every foot of space you take. You have to give a foot of space out there. It's going to come back around. So, uh, I'll interject for just a second to say the, uh, the thing that I learned is to don't be afraid to look silly because uh, I think it's one of those intimidation factors that keeps you from going to the track. And uh, if if I had been too stubborn or, or too intimidated to, to not go, I wouldn't be where I am right now uh, because the only way to learn is to go try. So. Or send a thousand emails about the rules. Chandler. Okay. So I have the somewhat unique position to... I was beginner where there was right seat instruction and yes. then we transitioned to no right seat instruction I am currently in the intermediate driver Eat that mic. <laughs> um, I've been sitting in the intermediate class for two years now you took a break but yes yes well COVID but we get it yeah but I'm currently, I feel like I'm more more aware of other drivers than I am of flagging stations. Where, what do you feel like? Sorry. What do you, what do you feel like I need to learn? What do you feel like? Because I feel like there's other drivers like me that are more driving in their mirrors than viewing the flagger stations. Okay, here's the answer to that question. You're going to learn how to do a whole lot of things at once. So, not only do you need to learn how to check in with the corner station that's in your most immediate proximity, but you need to learn how to like manage driving the car at the same time. And and that is a really tricky skill to learn. And something but, that Jabe does talk about, and I hope everybody takes seriously, is that on your warm-up lap... If you're an HPD, wave to the corner station workers. The physical act, if you combine a mental thought with a physical action, it will have a longer lasting, deeper impact on you. Full stop. Full stop. 
rather than just looking at them and continuing on. If you, yeah, give them the shake a symbol, peace out, whatever it is, but take your hand off the wheel and freaking acknowledge their existence will hugely benefit you because if your car catches fire, if your car breaks down, like those are the people who will literally save your life. They, they deserve a hand coming off the wheel to wave at them. And that will help you. That helps them. It helps everything. So absolutely. Like if you can connect two things, a thought and a physical action, a physical action and a sound, even something like that, like rev your engine at them as you go by, like that's going, that is going to help Tom best lesson you've learned. Yeah. I think my, my, biggest lesson was actually from operating track days more than like participating at them and it was empowering people to go at their own pace Hmm. and allowing them their own safety net uh without forcing them out of their comfort zone which i think massively improves people's ability to learn at their own pace and really get out of the event what they want to get into or out of it which kind of leans into how these events work with the you know, observational spectating instructing style, but also just putting on an event where it's okay. If you just want to like drive around and I I don't know, treat it like a back road and have fun. Um, I learned that from SCCA's track night events, but in general, it's just like, if you, if you want to like come screw around with your car with no consequences, because it's okay to like spin around or whatever, then, (laughs) then it's good. But if you want to, like, really learn how to do this stuff, then you can also be empowered to to do that and do the best that you can with it. Um, so I think not placing massive expectations on people and not being the, the gatekeeper to this fun that we get to be a part of. That's that's a big one. You put a big lock. I, I think it's it's pretty quick for people to put a lock on the gate of driving on track. And it doesn't need to be that. Yeah. Because at that point, to be honest, like if if we're putting a a gate, a lock, as you said, for people to get on track, that is less of a lock for them and more of something that you have a problem with. Yeah. Like if you're keeping other people from getting on track, that's a you problem. That's not a them problem. And and it's our job to give them every opportunity to get out of it what they want, but also empower them to if you're not here to hit every apex that's okay as long as you're being safe about it sure duh playing well with others yeah exactly and 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 yeah treating everybody with respect like i, I hit an if apex you just want to screw around <laughs> i missed a bunch of apexes today <laughs> I hit, and it was great yeah, I, hit, know? I hit an apex today and i felt <laughs> wonderful there yeah. are many people that i worked with today that i missed apexes in in their cars and that is still okay you know it's like you empower them to get out of the experience with their car that they want to get out of it and and making sure that they're cool with that is good tom tom o'gorman available to be hired as your personal coach as well tom i won't miss every apex renee best lesson you've learned i want to challenge the two guys who are running podcasts today yes ma'am to to get on there with three women and let them talk about what they've learned and their challenges in getting on track, learning to drive better, 
You have been challenged. Scott, get back to you. No, but but yeah. I want both of you guys to get three women, ask a few questions, and let them talk. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Becky. <laughs> Scott's first podcast guest was a woman. Just saying. <laughs> He's doing pretty good. Um, for me, the biggest hang-up that I've had is uh, what are other people going to have to say about me? on track and my presence on track and the biggest lesson that I've learned is people are going to say what they're going to say whether I deserve it or not so I might as well do what's going to be best for me and my own development Scott, L- I think learn we, this I don't care yep. Scott I think we did a podcast I think I think we did a podcast, a slipwalking, a slipwalking track angle. No, it's a slipwalk. This was a slipwalking podcast. And God rest his soul, um, Ed is no longer with us. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, like everybody that came into existence a year and a half ago. But yeah, thank you for literally everybody in this room right now. Um, Grandchildren as well, who God help their souls. but yeah, this um, this has been Track Walking. We're at Track and Walking Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, track and walking tracktune.com, you jerk. And track tune. Well, do do your do your slip angle thing. Uh, so we're also the the slip angle podcast. We'd we like to thank the generous and kind folks at FCP Euro and Apex Pro, mm-hmm. and also the Patreon sponsors, of which one is present in the room and a guest on the show. Thanks, Chandler. With the I would like to point out that maybe we shouldn't drink a bottle and a half of bourbon the next time. Well, that is literally bourbon (laughs) under the bridge at this point. Um, But thank you for listening, and um, we will talk to you next week. Cheers. Cheers.